Praise God. Well, have you got your Bibles tonight? <laughs> it's good to come to Bible study with a Bible. But if you don't, we will have it on the screen. But, uh, you know, I, I know that uh, it's tempting to just to watch the screen. But uh, you need to mark in your Bible. Like, as, as the Word comes forth, God's going to speak to you, and you're going to want to underline, circle, you know, do, do all those kind of things to keep it going. Amen? So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just pray right now and ask the Holy Spirit. The Bible says Holy Spirit's the teacher of the church. So I can't do anything unless the Holy Spirit comes and helps. Amen? But He will come and He will help. Amen. Thank you, Father. Kusa kebesula la mahasa. Indo bosota makase de bosola la mashata. Ikasa keda bosota mashele la bosotama. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word tonight. We thank you tonight that you give us a spirit of revelation and wisdom and the knowledge of you tonight. Father, we thank you that, that as I open my mouth, I speak what you say. I only say what you say. I thank you, Lord God, for the words that you want us to hear tonight. I thank you that I speak as the oracles of God tonight. That, Father God, you take what I say and you make it uh, just revelation to each one of us. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to teach us the church tonight. Teach us what we need to know and let us have open ears to hear. And a heart to understand. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Now, when I say 1 Samuel, who do you think of? Well, yeah, I guess you could think of Samuel. <laughs> I always think of David. <laughs> Hallelujah. When someone says 1 Samuel, I think we're going to talk about David. So then we are going to talk about David. And tonight I want to talk to you about, uh, this is a phrase, and, and I've actually preached it before, but uh, I, I have to tell you, it came to me about 4 o'clock in the morning yesterday morning while I was sitting in a maternity waiting room for hours, and I was just praying in the Holy Spirit, and I heard... I heard an old song that we used to sing, and uh, and I had I, I got my my phone out and I was because I have the Bible on my phone, you know, and I'm trying to look up like look it up, and then I thought, well, I'm just going to go to Google and see if I can find that song. We used to sing a song, prepare, uh, uh, prepare, pursue, and possess, and uh, if you Google that song. They don't know what you're talking about. But I, didn't we sing a song like that? I'm not imagining that, am I? No, I know we did. And uh, so I just started reading, and and, and I, the Lord, you know, said, I want you to preach this, but I was, I was uh, trying to figure out where he wanted me to preach it because I had uh, several meetings coming up and stuff. Okay, when's that for? I didn't even think about tonight because my brain was not on Wednesday. And so, 
<laughs> last night Jonathan said mama will you uh, take the service tomorrow night yes I have a message <laughs> so we're going to talk about tonight pursue overtake and recover all pursue overtake and recover all see God doesn't want us just to pursue and overtake our enemies but he wants us to get back with the enemy stolen amen it's not just enough to get where the enemy is, it's a, we need to annihilate it. And we need to take our stuff back. Have you got some stuff that the enemy's stolen? You got some stuff and you say, get back. That's mine. Even if it's been years and years down the road. Listen, God wants us to, to pursue, overtake, and recover. Amen. So many Christians, and the world's like this too. It's like, well, que sera, sera. What will be, will be. If God wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. Well, God's already done all he's going to do. He sent Jesus. Jesus paid the price for everything you'll ever need. Some, some Christians just think Jesus died for their sins and they're real happy about that. Well, you know what? I'm real happy about that too. Thank God if he just died for my sins, I'd be shouting glory, glory, glory too. But he did so much more. Read your Bible. Read Isaiah 53. That he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by stripes we were healed. Amen. So when he went to the cross, it was a package deal. Uh, you know, I, sometimes I have people on a prayer line and I'll say, what do you need Jesus to do for you? And they'll just start. And it's like a book. Well, I got this, and I got this, and oh, yeah, this, and oh, and I got this, and this. And so I just have to stop them and say, you need a complete overhaul, right? Yeah. Aren't you glad God can do that? He doesn't say, pick one. He's, it's, he wants you healed. He wants you whole. He wants you delivered. Amen. So, let me tell you what was happening. We'll give you a little background. David... Remember, David was being chased by Saul. Now, David was the young man that, that uh, the prophet went to anoint the next king of Israel. He went to Jesse, and he asked Jesse to bring out all his boys. And Jesse brought them all out, but that, that young one that was out taking care of the sheep, and surely God wasn't going to use him. You know, the babies of the family, they're usually spoiled and... You know, yeah. Did I hear an amen over here, sister? <laughs> so, but God can use the babies of the family. Amen. If they have a heart after God. Amen. And so, you remember that that the prophet went to all of the boys and he just... He didn't get the word of the Lord. Like, the, none of these are the one. And he says to Jesse, you, do you have an, any more sons? Well, I got this one. <laughs> but surely he wouldn't be the king of Israel. <laughs> are you kidding me? This guy is wild. 
He goes and chases, he chases lions, he chases bears. He's unpredictable, this boy. And God says, bring him here. Can't you imagine his daddy over there going, oh my God. He's going to be king? We are in so much trouble. Because you never know what that boy's going to do. But you know what? He, his father probably didn't have a lot of knowledge what he would do because David spent a lot of time by himself. And in that time, he developed a relationship with God. And he was a worshiper. And so his... You know what? Sometimes we don't know what our kids are doing. They can be in their bedrooms worshiping God and we, we think, what are they doing in there? You know what? Trust God. I've I've learned just from Jonathan being the pastor, I've learned some things that he did I didn't even know he did. <laughs> that you know, good and bad, but I I've learned that that uh the things that we would we had taught him, he really did listen. Which I you know, you, they don't turn out like that unless you know they did listen. But the thing is it's wonderful that God was preparing David out there with the sheep teaching him how to be a true shepherd amen so David is now being pursued by Saul Saul's trying to kill him <clears throat> but David is David is uh, going out and he he, uh, he fights the Philistines remember he's the one that went up to take some cheese sandwiches or whatever to his brothers <laughs> to take them something to eat in the battle, Israel was battling the Philistines, and there was this great big giant. I liked what the Spirit of the Lord said to Mary on Monday night uh, by, the, by the Holy Ghost. Let me just take a side thing here, because we've been hearing the Lord wants us to go into the land to take the land. And we've heard about Joshua and Caleb having a good report and the other spies saying, well, there's giants in the land. And the Holy Spirit said through Mary, we are the spiritual giants in the land. We're the giants. We're not the grasshoppers. We're the giants. I like that. Isn't that true? We're not only not the grasshoppers, we're the giants. But now Goliath was a, a giant. And Israel was afraid of him. And nobody talked back to Goliath. He had never been challenged. Probably in his whole life. Never been challenged. I bet his mama didn't talk back to him. And his daddy and his brothers. Nobody. Because he was a bully. And that's how he had lived his life. And so he's out there. And he's telling them what he's going to do to them. <laughs> You know, the devil talks big, doesn't he? And the funny thing about the devil, he got kicked out of heaven. He took a third of the angels to be his cohorts. He lost. But he talks like he's the winner. He's just going around being a bully. But the thing is, we know who we are. Like I've said before, even in the natural, even if we didn't know the things we know about faith and how to win the battles, two-thirds of the angels stayed up with God. <laughs> so we got them outnumbered, two to one. 
the devil convinced people that he's going to do so many bad things. You know, we could just say, Mr. Devil, you are, I wouldn't even call him Mr. I like, you know, that, that vacuum cleaner, Dirt Devil. <laughs> so I was in Canadian Tire, and I, there was a Christian that I knew was, no, it was Walmart, and she was checking out this Dirt Devil uh, vacuum cleaner. And she was talking to the salesperson, so I didn't want to interrupt, but I just went by and said, God said, let him eat dirt. <laughs> That's what God said to the serpent. You'll be on your belly. You're going to eat dirt. So buy that old dirt devil and make him eat dirt. (laughs) So God had this young man go out there, and as you know the story, he challenged Goliath, and Goliath is like, (laughs) I'm going to take you, like, you, you are going to be fed to the birds and da 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 da. And what happened? David took a slingshot. And David, I mean, when the devil starts talking big, you better know how to talk big back. And David didn't get scared. He said, Who are you? You uncircumcised Philistine who would defy the armies of the living God. Like, are you a nut? Are you crazy? This is the army of the living God. Now, they weren't acting like the army of the living God. But it only takes one person to stand up and say, how dare you? How dare you? Satan, you can't have our town. You can't have our city. Who do you think you are? We have the name of Jesus. We have the authority of the blood. Who do you think you are? We're not going to have strip clubs. We're not going to have casinos. Who, Who told you you could do that? But the Christians cower. We can't do that. We need to say, it's just one of us stood up. I said, who? How dare you, unbelieving heathens, (laughs) come in here and try to tell us what we're going to do? Amen? Man, I tell you, when we lived in Loon Lake, I asked God, I don't I can't tell you how many times I'd ask God. God, God. I'd go to God. Hey God, give me an Elijah moment. Let me challenge him. Get the medicine men. Get 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 the leaders. Get the elders. Let me challenge him. Let's have a Elijah moment. If your God be God, let him cause fire to come down. And they prayed and they prayed. and You know, Elijah was smarting off a little bit. What's the matter? Is your God asleep? Is he on holidays? I, I can't tell you how many times. And I would tell David, I am asking for an Elijah moment. 
I want, you know, because we'd go to these funerals and they would start, and I'd say, is this the moment, God? God, can I do it now? Let me do it. I want to show them that God is God. But you know what? We were showing them that God was God. I wanted to do it real dramatic, but God had another idea. <laughs> you know, how isn't that interesting? He's smarter than me. But, you know, this is the thing. is God's looking for us to be bold, to be courageous. Isn't that what the Spirit of the Lord's been saying to us? Stop being cowards. Stop being wimpy Christians. Are you a Christian? Yes. Do you go to church? Yes. Where do you go to church? Well, you wouldn't want to go. Stand up. Say, my God is able. My God is able. Amen? So David was having to deal with this, but that's how he got his training. And now he goes and he defeats the Philistines. And then he goes to fight the Amalekites and half his men leave him. <laughs> Listen, when you decide that you're going to do some great things for God, don't be discouraged if people leave you. Because... It's going to happen. Jesus said that they did it to him. Hey, Jesus, remember he was having that great meeting? Over 500 people there. And they all got up and left. The only ones that stayed were his disciples. Remember? He turns to them. You want to leave too? And they said that great faith-building statement. Where would we go? Like, if we had a place to go, we would. That doesn't build the faith in the pastor. <laughs> but it always helps me when I, I'm feeling like, you know, oh God, you know, so-and-so left the church or so-and-so did this or that. And then I think about Jesus. He never had that attitude. He didn't have a victim mentality. Listen, a few years ago, preachers were preaching this victim mentality and go back into your mother's womb and... And especially in women's meetings. And I, I remember going in, I was preaching in, in uh, Fort Worth, Dallas, Texas. It was Dallas in a hotel. They had asked me to come speak. And Vicki Burke, being my friend, she said, I'll go with you and pray while you're preaching. So I walk in there, and, and the lead people come over to introduce themselves, and they say, now we're really in to inner healing. And we've been going back into the womb and so will you just continue that? You know, they, it's funny how they talk, too. I said, nope. I'm going to preach faith, and uh, God's going to do miracles. Well, you have to understand, some of these people, are they're sick because of what their mother did while they were in her womb. So you know what I quoted? The scripture says that when we're born again, we become new creations in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. And I'm telling you, being in the womb, that's an old thing. All things are new. That doesn't mean I don't have compassion on someone that had a terrible childhood or something. But their only answer is not to talk about it 
and to dwell on it, the answer is to go to Jesus and let him heal you. Amen? That's the only, you're not going to get them delivered by having sympathy for them. You're not going to get them delivered by saying, well, your mama didn't want you. And, you know, and, or your mama was doing this while she was pregnant. My mama, she told me I made her sick every day that she was pregnant with me. That doesn't build really self-worth in a child. You made me sick every day. But she loved me, but she was trying to tell me, listen, I gave up a lot to have you. <laughs> Well, you know what? I don't go around thinking, well, my mama really didn't want to be pregnant with me because I made her sick. No, we got to be overcomers. Everybody's got a story. Amen. Everybody's got a tale to tell. But we have a new tale to tell. That the Bible says in Revelation that they'll be won by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. My testimony is not how my mama felt when I was in her womb. My word of testimony is what Jesus did when I was born again. Amen. So David, he had his men leave him. Then he went to fight the Malachites. But let's read in 1 Samuel verse 30. What did he do? Then it happened, let's start with verse 1. Then it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had made a raid on the Negev and on the Ziglag and had overthrown Ziglag and burned it with fire. And they took captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great, without killing anyone, and carried them off and went their way. They took all of David's, uh, his family and his men's family, the, his, their wives, their children, the old people, everybody. They didn't kill them. They took them with them. Why? Slaves. They were going to make them slaves. When David and his men came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep. Now David's two wives had been taken captive, Ananom the uh, Jezreelite and Abigail the widow of Naboth the Camelite moreover David was greatly distressed because the people listen to this the people spoke of stoning him for all the people were embittered we've been, we've been studying about going over into the promised land and about the Israelites they got mad at <laughs> they got mad at Moses didn't they why have you brought us out for us to die. See, that's just wrong thinking. But this is how natural man does. Flesh men, and I'm talking men and women, we will tend to go and we have to blame somebody. And so they thought... The Israelites thought we got to blame Moses. Now Moses, remember, can you imagine how Moses, I'm always amazed that Moses went to God and said, don't kill him. Because God was going to like, you're all going to be crispy critters in the morning. You know, I'm going to burn you all. And, and Moses is like, you oh, know, God, God, Moses interceded for him. But I'm thinking, 
Moses, remember, he was on the other side of the desert, having a good time, just no pressure, just doing his thing. And God tells him, you go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Do you know Moses didn't go, yes, I've been waiting for that assignment. He was like, uh-uh. I don't want to do that. He said, I I stutter like, Pharaoh, I can't do that. And God says, well, I'll send your brother Aaron with you. He'll he'll speak for you. So Moses doesn't even want to go. He goes because God wants him to go. He obeys God. But listen, how many know that all the time you obey God, you're not always just jumping up and down going, that's the greatest assignment I've ever had. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you know, if our heart's right, we'll have that attitude. But listen, when God, we, we left Lloyd Minster and we went to build churches up north. And so, you know, we left the church. Church was doing great when we left. And we went up there and started uh, ministering at Big Head. Uh, continued to minister at Big Head and started building, literally building the building. David was building it himself with on Saturdays. The men would come and help and the women and we'd help on Saturdays, but he would build through the week. So we needed to leave here so we could go there and do that. And so we left the church here and, and then things happened and, and it wasn't the best situations and stuff. And I remember saying to David, <clears throat> God would have to speak through a burning bush for me to go back to Lloydminster. Because I was really happy, and there was no strife, no division. I mean, I was happy, happy. Loon Lake was great. I was happy. And then one day, David was out praying in the backyard. He comes in, and he says, Brownie, the Lord talked to me out in the yard. Well, what did he say? He asked me to do him a favor. Well, I know I'm in trouble already. I said, what did he ask you to do? And he said, he asked me to we'll go back to Lloyd Minster and start a church. He said, it's going to cost us greatly. But I'll repay you. <clears throat> I didn't have to say, what would you say? <clears throat> what are you going to say when God says, will you do me a favor? Well, let me think about it. <laughs> well, it has cost us dearly. But I'm hanging on to the promise that he'll pay us back. Amen? That's a promise of God because we obey God. But let me tell you that not all your assignments, you're just going to have to jump up and down. So Moses didn't even want to go. But you just understand, he went and he had to do all that with Pharaoh. Then he leads the people out. And I mean, they cross that Jordan. I mean, the Red Sea. Red Sea stands up. They cross on dry land. They get across. And he's leading them. A cloud by day and fire by night. Moses is leading them, following God. And they blame him. Can you imagine what you might have thought being Moses? I didn't come here for this assignment. I didn't even want to be here. But no, he didn't. He, he loved the people and he interceded for them. And so here, David is getting blamed. He's out fighting enemies of God and other enemies attacking. Not only did his men lose their families, but he lost his family too. But they didn't consider that he might be. They said they all wept bitterly. You know, sometimes people think, well, you know, 
the pastor doesn't have any feelings or they are you know leaders they don't have feelings and they, they we can call them at two in the morning and you know one guy called one i told you this before one guy called in the middle of the night <laughs> said i answered the phone <laughs> he said where did cain get his wife I don't know. <laughs> the same thing happened. That's after David left. Before David left, the same thing happened. A drunk person called in the middle of the night. And David took like two hours to explain. <laughs> There's a difference between David and Brownie. <laughs> Brownie says, I'm not talking to you. David goes, I can tell you. I think the guy was sober before David got through. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. So it says, The people spoke of stoning him, for all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughters. Listen, grief and, and bitterness and unforgiveness will cause you to have wrong, make wrong decisions. You, you can't make decisions when you're in that state. Even the world knows that. The world says, you know, after you, you have someone like a spouse die, they'll say, don't make any major decisions for a year. The world does that. But I'm telling you, how many of us have been hurt or offended and we pick up the phone and we just lash out or we call somebody and tell them? We've we got to learn to keep it and take it to the Lord and give it to Him. Amen? Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so they, it says, David strengthened himself and the Lord his God. The Amplified says this. That he encouraged himself in the Lord. Encouragement is strength, amen? Encourage means with courage. That will strengthen you, amen? So David had to encourage. Listen, could he ask his guys to encourage him? They were wanting to stone him. <laughs> if someone's mad at you and is gonna, wants to kill you, you don't go say, could you encourage me today? <laughs> Listen, we have to understand that God is always there for us. He's always got a word of encouragement. You don't need to pick up your telephone and call six friends and ask them and tell them your sad story. You go to the Lord. And if God directs you, He says, you know, call someone for godly counsel or something. Or you have a prayer partner and you say, you call and say, I want you to pray about this. That's different. But I mean, let's be honest. A lot of people just feel the need to call everybody and tell them what's happened to them. You know, so-and-so hurt my feelings and I want you to know about it and I want you to know about it. I want you to know about it and I want you to know about it. Why? So that they can be mad at so-and-so too. <laughs> There's a reason, you know. But David didn't do that. The Bible says he went to the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. And he, 
he encouraged himself. He took the word of the Lord that had helped him kill that lion, kill that bear, kill Goliath, helped him escape Saul coming after him. He took all those victories. You know, I remember the word of the Lord came to our church years ago and it said, celebrate your victories. The word, the Spirit of the Lord came prophetically and said, celebrate your victories. You know what? We got to remember our victories. We got to go back and say, what did God say? What did God do? I've been here before because most of the time we're just making another lap around the mountain every once in a while, you know? And you say, I've been here before. Someone did me wrong before. And what did God do? What did I do? And it might be, what did I do wrong? And I don't want to do that again. But it might be, what got me delivered? How did I get free from that? For the same word of the Lord that healed you last week will heal you this week. The word never changes. The Bible says the grass wither, the grass fades, the flower, well, one or the other fades. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall abide forever. Amen? So the word doesn't change. And so we have to understand that's what David did when he encouraged himself in the Lord. What do you think he did? He went, read his songs, his songs he wrote. I bet he went and just sang some praises to God. I think he said, you know what? I think I'm going to praise the Lord. You ever been depressed? And to say, I think I'm just going to praise the Lord. <laughs> Have you ever gotten up and just felt horrible and say, I think I'm going to laugh. And you go, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. I learned that from Brother Hagen. I remember being in a meeting, Brother Hagen said, he was talking about, you know, just start laughing at the devil. Well, you know, we're just in a meeting like this. You know, it's easy to laugh when someone else starts laughing. But when you're just, you know, nobody's laughing. And he says, start laughing at the devil. And you're going, <laughs> And he said, and Brother Hagin's walking, like, right among us there. And he goes, ha, ha. And he's just as dry, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. And you're going, Thank God for Brother Hagin, but he's acting like a crazy man. Ha, ha, ha. But you know what? All of a sudden, we start laughing. And I remember he came right over where David and I was, and he's leaning on us, and he's just, he is just laughing so hard. And, of course, you know me. I was laughing like this real hard, too, and David, too. And then he's, he's going this way. Well, Jonathan Liberty, they had us sitting up at the front but they had put Jonathan and Liberty like on the third row they were about like where Brian and Kelly were and so Brother Hagen it was like he just looked and he saw right where Brian was that was where Jonathan was and it was like tag and he just made a beeline for Jonathan you know and just laughing well it said the whole place started laughing but listen sometimes you got to start in faith amen when you get up and you feel like I want to call in sick today you have to go, thank you, Jesus, I'm healed. Praise the Lord, I thank you for my healing. But you better have those scriptures in you, or at least have them on a sheet of paper where you can read them and speak the word. 
And when someone hurts your feelings, you better know where 1 Corinthians 13 is. It said, love is patient. Love is kind. Love never keeps account of a wrong done. Love never fails. And your, your little you know, flesh says, but they did such and such. And you want to call somebody and tell them how somebody did you wrong. Listen, this is not a country and western song. We don't need to tell somebody who did us wrong. We tell the Lord. And it's not news to Him. We go to Him and say, Jesus, it's okay to say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm really hurt, and I want you to take this hurt away from me. Because I'm telling you, we're not denying that people can hurt you. We're not denying that. But you can't get healed by talking about it. In fact, it'll get worse. All right, so what did David do? The Bible says, verse 6, he encouraged himself or he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abathar, the, the priest, the son of Abimekech, please bring me the ephod. So he did. David inquired of the Lord. You know the ephod is what they used to, it was like a shield, and I don't have time to teach on that, but that was how they inquired of the Lord. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this band? Shall I overtake them? Listen, that's the first thing you need to do. How many times have I said that in the last two years? Inquire of the Lord. Inquire of the Lord. Inquire of the Lord. Most people, listen, it's the world we expect that from, but Christians do stuff and then they ask God about it. Don't they? I'm going to take this job. Because it pays good and da-da-da-da. Did you ask the Lord? I can't tell you how many times someone's come and said, Well, you know what? We've we got to move because I've got this better job. And I'll say, Did you ask the Lord about it? Did you pray about that? Well, you don't understand that they, I get a lot more money. Is there a church in that place? Do you know if there's a good church? No, I don't know. Can you find that out for me? Everything's backwards. Listen, we have to. The Bible says that the Lord in the New Testament says He sets us in place. We, are, we have a set place. You better know where your set place is. Because that's where the blessing will be. That's where God will minister to you. And so you go to your set place. And let God minister to you there. And, and just, you know what? Maybe that job makes more money. But <laughs> I like the scripture. It says, what shall a man gain if he gains the whole world? He loses his soul. What will profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Well, I see a lot of times, like in our area, that people are, they might not lose their soul, but they're losing their families are losing their marriages for for money. You can't get back your kids. You can't get back your family with money. I believe that it is more crucial in these hours to hear from God. And you're not going to hear from God if you're always busy with stuff. 
You're not going to hear from God if you got a television. And go. Or even if you, let me tell you, you're not going to hear from God if you've got teaching tapes going all the time and you never stop and let God just talk to you. Now He can talk to you through teaching tapes. He can talk to you through praise and worship. He can do that. But there's a time that you have to sit still, be quiet, and say, Speak, Lord, your servant. Hear us. Amen. You've got to have that time. And so many times we just wait to major decisions. Listen, if you'll start doing it with minor decisions, then you'll be trained for major decisions. David, let's go back to David. He killed a lion and a bear before he killed Goliath. He didn't start with a giant. He started with animals. Not that I would want to come up against a lion or a bear, but he was protecting his sheep. And so we have to understand that we must hear from God, and here is how you hear from God. You know, I, maybe you're like me. I, I can't tell you how many times, but I've done this several times where I've said to the Lord, could you just write it on the wall? I know you do that kind of stuff. You've done it before. This isn't a new thing. Can you just write it on the wall? Because I can't hear you. I don't know what you're saying. Or could, could you speak in an audible voice? That would be good. He just doesn't have to do it our way. He's already written it down. He's already spoken it. And so you need to get your Bible. Go just you and God and your Bible and a notebook so you can write down what he says and hear from God. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> so many people, they, they, you know, they hear a prophetic word over them. Listen, thank God for prophecy. But the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. If something is like brand new, someone comes to you and says, you're supposed to start a, you know, home cleaning business. And it's news to you? I think I'd just uh, put that right, right over here and say, you know, Lord, if that's you, I'm asking you for witnesses. He can speak through the word on it. He can send someone else. But he'll, he's got to talk to you. This is the thing. God doesn't direct your life through other people. He, you can hear God. You have the Spirit of the Lord in you. He uses other people to speak into our lives. But He wants it. You have to have it confirmed in you. <coughs> Amen? And a lot of people, it's like, well, yeah, I man, I'm going to follow Pastor Jonathan, whatever he says I'm going to do, until he says something you don't agree with. Well, I don't agree with that. You can't live like that. You can't do that. But if you don't agree on something, then go to the Lord. And then I'd suggest you go to Pastor Jonathan. But go to the Lord first. Because you could be wrong. But if it's still strong in you, then go to Pastor Jonathan and say, you know what, and don't go with a critical spirit. Go in, in humbleness and say, you know what, you said this and I, I just... I don't agree, but I just want you to talk to me about it. 
Most time it can be worked out. But so many people, they just get, well, I'm, I'm not going to do that. You can't pick and choose what part of the word you're going to believe. You can't pick and choose what part of the the instruction from a pastor or a leader that you're going to hear. You can't go to your job and say, well, now, like if I work for Spiro and Tina, listen, uh, I, I'll serve, but I don't serve red meat. I don't believe in red meat, so I'm not serving red meat. And, well, you work for us. You're supposed to serve red meat because we're kind of known for our steaks. Well, you're going to have to do what I want you to do. And you're going to have to give me a job where I don't do that. Okay, well, then you can wash dishes. Well, I don't really like to wash dishes. Do they pay tips on dishwashers? I, I want to make tips. So, you, and that sound ridiculous, right? You can't. Now, you can go when God tells you, and you can talk to your employers. And God will give you favor when it's led of the Lord. But you've got to understand, you have to hear from God, not your flesh. Amen? Oh, man, if you did just what your flesh did, if I did what my flesh did, I, I would be one lazy girl. I, I know y'all don't believe that, but now. So he went to Ziglag, and really, David was in Ziglag for one year and four months. But if you read the story, you, it seems like he was there forever, like for years. How many know that when you're in trouble, things aren't going so good, it seems to take like ever? <laughs> Man. Can't take it anymore, Jesus. Yeah, it's been 20 minutes, Brownie. When you're in bad times, they seem to go slow. But if you'll inquire of the Lord and get God's word on it and then do what he says, I'm telling you, it might, it's, I mean, it took David some time. But you will have the victory. You will get victory, but you've got to do something. People who sit down and say, if God wants me to have this, he'll give it to me. If God wants me to do that, you don't even know what God wants. If God wants me to get healed, he'll heal me. He already. If you knew the Bible, you'd know he wants you healed. But nobody got healed in Jesus' ministry until they came to him in faith. Right? Somebody had to believe. He didn't... You know, he didn't go around and... I remember when I got saved and I was, it was like, I'm going to pray for everybody sick. I was going just looking for... I mean, if I saw somebody just t barely limping, I'd run up to them. Sit down, I'm going to measure your legs. God wants to grow your leg out. What? I tell you, he does it. I tell you, he does it. So then I said to my the people who led me to the Lord, why are we not going to the hospital? Like... There's sick people in the hospital. You know what they said? Oh, don't go to the hospital. Unless God tells you, don't go. Why? Because there's demons of sickness that stay in the hospital. Oh. Didn't you say we had authority over demons? Oh, but you don't want them to get on you. You got a fight on your hands. Don't you go to that hospital. 
So then, you know, I said, well, let's go to the funeral home. Let's raise the dead. <laughs> oh, no, you can't do that. Don't you love young faith? But, I mean, they were just pouring water on the fire all the time. Now, really, I had no wisdom. I, granted, I'm the one that burned all my mother's books and all her stuff to clean her of all her demonic influences that were country and western stuff. <laughs> Pardon me for y'all that like it. But anyway, I didn't have a lot of wisdom. I did some really stupid things. But you know what? I did have zeal. So you can have zeal with wisdom. That's good. Amen? Some of y'all did some stupid things too. I'm telling you, I I remember I read in the scripture it said that you know that that he wants to he wants all all to be saved and in one scripture says that you'll be made a new creature. I was reading out of King James, so I figured he wants cre- creatures to be saved. And I had a mouse in my apartment. I'd just been saved a little bit. Now I had a university degree in science, by the way. I wasn't stupid, but it sounds like I was. And so I had this mouse, and I called the landlord and said, there's a mouse in my kitchen. He said, I'm coming up with a trap. And I said, okay, give me just a few minutes. I I literally did, did this. I was 24 years old with a science degree and went and sat in my kitchen on the stool and preached the gospel to that mouse. I said, you're going to die. But you can get saved. And he raised up his little hand. No. <laughs> but that's how zealous I was. I didn't want any creature going to hell. I'd already witnessed everybody in the apartment complex. And had, I mean, I had them come. You had to cook supper for these, these guys, you know. It's like they're not going to listen to you unless you cook supper. I was cooking supper all the time, like... Come to my house for supper. And then I'd preach to them. But praise the Lord, God did stuff. And so this is what I'm saying is, you find out what God wants you to do and then go for it. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Don't let anybody pour water on your fire. Amen. You put fire on their water. That's what Elijah did. He he made water all over and then he called the, the God that answers with fire. And fire came down. So if they put fire, they put water on your fire, you call for the God who answers with fire to come down and put you, put that fire back in you. Amen? You, you know how that happened? That would be getting in the Word, being in church. Praise the Lord. So, let's close it up. If God be for us, Romans 8 says, who can be against us? All things can happen. Devil can hit in every area, but God is for us. You got to remember that God is for me. God is for me. God is not my enemy. God's my friend. God is not out to do me harm. God is out to do me good. God said, I know the future. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29:11. Amen. God has it planned. So God wants that for you. So let's see. What were the keys for David's victory? Number one, he inquired of the Lord. 
That's your first key. You've got to inquire of the Lord. Find out what God says. Get your Bible out. Number two, he obeyed the word of the Lord. God told him, you pursue, you overtake, and you recover all. Listen. Let me read that to you in the Amplified. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? The Lord answered him and said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail you'll recover all. I like that. Without fail you'll recover all. Listen, God is into restoration. God is into recovery. So you get the word of the Lord. The first thing you need to do is find out what God says. There's an answer in the book. Find out what God says. Now, God might not say you go, you move to Edmonton, or, but you can find out what he says. And then you will need specifics. He'll talk to you. Then you, that's by, you go to the word. You get the word in you. Because if you'll put the word in you now when you're not inquiring, that when you inquire, he's got something to pull out of you. Amen? And then you do what he says. And you'll have victory every time. You just obey God. And you obey God when it seems like it's a stupid thing to do. You obey God when everybody says, that's not smart. Why are you doing that? You just obey God. You obey God. Listen, I still got people in Texas that think I was crazy for moving to Canada. And I mean, I've been up here since uh, January 1979. And they still think I'm coming back any day now. I show up, oh, are you moving back? No. Oh. They they haven't accepted it, but that's okay. Because I'm not trying to make them happy. I'm trying to make him happy. If I make him happy, the Bible says, if you make God happy, even your enemies will be at peace with you. <laughs> if you please God... Even your enemies will be at peace with you. They can't help themselves. They want to be mad at you. They want to hate you. But they'll start liking you. They don't know why they like you. But because you please God. When we walk, when we walk with God and we walk in His anointing and we walk with His presence, then when we come into a place, there's a difference. We go into Safeway, there's a difference. And two or three of us in Safeway at the same time, there's a real difference. Because there's power. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So what are we going to do, Word Church? We're going to pursue, overtake, and recover all. Amen. Whatever the enemy's stolen from us, we're taking it back. What has the enemy stolen from you? Has he stolen your health? Has he stolen your peace? Has he stolen a relationship? Has he stolen your children? You get it back. Don't sit back and go, well, I guess I can't do anything about that. You can do something about it till the day you take your last breath on this earth. And, and let me just give you a little hint on that. Your prayers that you prayed, the word prayers are going to stay on the earth even after you're gone. Glory to God. Because, what does the word say? 
even though dead, he yet speaks. If you'll speak the word, if you'll live the word, even when you leave this earth, you'll still be speaking. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? So let's live life to the fullest. Let's do everything. Let's go full out for God. Don't play with the world. Don't play. I'm telling you, it's wasted time. And we don't have time for wasting. <laughs> no, no, we don't have time for wasting. Well, I guess that's a good statement. <laughs> Didn't sound right, but it's okay. Amen?